Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris, back from the dead, and joined only by Tad tonight. Marco had some transportation issues. So, Tad, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Probably better than Marco. Marco works in Baltimore and takes the Mark train every day, and apparently on his way down here to record the podcast, somebody thought that would be a good idea to, I don't know if it was suicide by train or maybe like that person in New York went after went after a cell phone or something, but yeah, got hit by the train and miraculously survived. All right. That's so, good to hear. All right. Hope everyone's okay and uh, thoughts to everybody. And sorry, Marco, uh, we miss you on the pod this week. Got a lot to cover this week with uh, the international break, Tad. The biggest news, we got to start as Curve Americans here in the States, as Serie A fans. There are some Italian teams coming to our shores. We get the International Cup of Champions announcing that both Juventus and our beloved Roma are coming to America. Tad, what do you think, man? Is it going to be more entertaining than, than the Eddie Murphy movie of the same title? Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, it's, it's a classic. It, it, it certainly won't be as entertaining as Dave Chappelle's new stand-ups. Um, but yeah, I mean the the, the games they don't really, they're not really playing for anything, so it's just a you know it's a it's a great way to see your teams you know in a closer proximity. So you don't have to go all the way to like Torino or Roma uh, to you know check out a game. Um, and you know, yeah, Dybala, Fat Boy G, hopefully Francesco Totti will all be around. I saw that the uh, Barcelona man, you were actually playing in DC, and that game's already sold out. People are like chilling out, not like two hundred bucks a ticket to, you know, watch Messi play for nine minutes before they sub him off. Yeah, seriously. But the most coveted European Cup played on this side of the Atlantic is coming, and so uh, we encourage everyone who's a Serie A fan out there to check out uh, the venues, see if you can make a game. The big one for us is uh, July 30th up in Boston, playing in Foxborough, where America's Juventus, the New England Patriots, uh, play their football games. That's where Roma and Juventus are going to play on a Sunday. And uh, we're planning to be there as Curve America. Uh, we're hoping to have some events, uh, maybe do a live podcast. And so if you're interested in uh, going to that, we'd love to hear uh, whether you or your supporters club is uh, uh, planning to go to that game. Uh, so hit us up on our social media. We'd, we'd really like to see uh, what the plan is here oh, for Oh, that. we're going. It's yeah. it's going to be a slobber knocker. going to be up in Boston, Gillette Stadium, which is apparently, you know, a heck of a venue with all sorts of stuff going around there. You know, we'll try and do a get-together for clubs you know, the night before, uh, you know, tailgate the day of, like Chris said, do a live podcast, all types of ill-ish so, you know, make the pilgrimage. Man, what do you got to do? It's the middle of summer. It's a weekend. Boston's a great town in the summer. Um, you know, c- c- come hit us up, man, and, and shoot us, hit us up on uh, any of our social media to let us know you're coming. We'll, we'll, we'll bring the sexiness. That's right. We're covering the ICC, and uh, just like our fellow uh, reporters out there, hoping that these teams, uh, the victories, lead to the M- World Cup. Just like Bastian Schweinsteiger's new team, the Chicago Fire, 
Oh man, embarrassing. Yeah, American that, media, man. That was that was tough. I feel bad for the reporter. He's he's uh clearly not soccer his number one uh uh item to cover every week. I'm going to just go ahead and blame Canada on this one. I'm just <laughs> going to say that he this guy was Canadian, but yeah, if you didn't catch it out, Schwein Schweinstager, which you know, along with Calihon has one of the most fun names to say in all of soccer, was asked a question once he signed with with at his press conference for Chicago Fire that if he thought that the fire were going to win the World Cup, and in just true like stoic German, uh, no humor involved, like he kind of politely corrected him and didn't think that you know that 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 was a possibility since they they're not eligible, and it's just like face palm, face palm. So I'm blaming Canada. You heard it here first. Chicago Fire, Roma, or Juventus playing them in group play for the fake World Cup. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, check out the ICC. Uh, looking forward to that event. We're gonna be we're gonna be laying the groundwork for this whole thing though with the the Roma Wedding Derby, which is coming up right around the corner, man. Like three, three weeks, man. three weeks. Uh, I got the scarves ordered today. It's gonna be crazy. But I just want to let everybody know out there that I'm still looking for somebody to house sit my pug um, <laughs> while Chris and I are in uh, in in Italy. Oh, and Leslie, I think she's doing she's, something there. She's going right. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> But yeah, for like seven days, so I'm just throwing it out there. Anybody, Thomas, I know you want to do it. Come to D.C. You can stay at my condo. You can drive my car. You can hang with my awesome dog um, who's just too cute and just needs to be like fed a couple times a day and some back scratches. There so Pepper the Podcasting Pug. We'll we'll set up the, the podcasting equipment. You guys can do like a little little guest episode here. Anything I can do to have somebody look after my dog. All right. Let's uh, stay with that theme, Tad. We're uh, heading over to Italy. Let's have some Italian news here. We got four spots in the Champions League coming up for the for Italy in the 2018-2019 season. So got to be excited for that. Doesn't help uh, the teams out this year who are fighting for the top three. But uh, looking forward to having an extra Italian team in European play. Yes, yeah, savor it this year in the final year of there only being three teams. Having only three Italian teams you know, in, in the Champions League has, has really been painful you know, the past several years, you know, Italy, the caliber of, of league they are just haven't really done well in Europe. So they lost a team. And I know that there's going to be some, you know, sad Azerbaijan fans out there that, you know, Quarabag is not going to have an automatic Champions League spot or something like that. But I, I really think that, you know, not having that three third team play in, you know, the, the, the opportunity of having... And more informed Italian teams move on. I'm excited about it. I know there's some controversy about it, but it's happening. So just get on board. Yep. Let's jump down. Instead of Champions League talk for Europe, we're going to jump all the way down to Liga Pro or Serie C, as it used to be known. We had an interesting article in Bleacher Report for all the Curve Americans out there. Definitely Google this one. Venezia FC, a uh, really great story. Uh, they're down in Liga Pro, as I mentioned. They're in first place right now, but they have an American owner named Joe Tacopina. He's a, a New York attorney um, that's bought the team and plans for really big things with them. Uh, there's actually, I think, even a supporters group up in Brooklyn. Uh, so it's already on our shores. Great article. Uh, they got some big names. They got a famous coach in Filippo Inzaghi. Tad, what do you what do you think about uh, Venezia making big moves here? Well, I mean, maybe now Joe Tack he he makes the top three. I think of of favorite American artists. Although 
Baccalini down in uh, in Palermo, whether or not that's true. It's a podcaster's dream, Mr. Yeah. Baccalini. Yeah, apparently Buffon's not too happy with all these foreign investors. You know, he did an article this week. But Venezia, I mean, it's one of those teams that, you know, if you make the correspondence to American sports, you expect like the big famous cities in um, in the, the country to, you know, have the high performing teams, you know, your New Yorks, your L.A.'s, your Chicago's. You know, Italy, not so much. Fiorentina it does all right. Venezia, though, way down in Liga Pro. Be nice to see they they march up. But this, you know, this 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 fiery Joe Tacopina guy apparently is sorted past. But yeah, like you said, uh, uh, Filippo Inzaghi, I mean, of of Juventus and Milan fame. I mean, this guy was a a quality player in the Serie A for almost two decades. Um, my favorite contribution he's made to the soccer world is be on that 2005 Milan team that lost to my beloved Liverpool in Istanbul. But yeah, I mean, the, the, interesting, another rowdy coach. And I, I got to say he's our second favorite coach in Liga Pro behind friend of the podcast, Mike Piazza. There you go. There you go. So an interesting article, but really kind of cool just as an American seeing uh, Italian-American owners... Uh, uh, supporting the Italian soccer leagues, uh, that's great. So if you're looking for a team that's an up-and-comer, Venezia FC, all the way down in Liga Pro. They're, number, they're number one in Liga Pro right yeah, now. Yeah, so they, by the end of the season, they should yeah. be up in Le- uh, uh, Serie B. And then, you know, they do well there in the top three. They'll be up in uh, Serie A very quick. So it might be a good bandwagon to jump on uh, if you're looking for a team. Maybe at the beginning of next season, we'll just do like a special episode on American-owned you know, Italian soccer teams. When are, which we should have bought Parma, man. We need yeah. to get in this mix. Well, I'm still claiming partial ownership to Palermo for uh, me and Mr. Baccalini. So Curve America is part of that ownership. You're group. part of the lemon party, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, all right, Tad. Let's jump to our own social media and uh, website presence. We've got uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts. They're all Curve America at Curve America. And uh, we're also on AS Roma 360. Uh, you can find our podcast on there, as well as uh, our own website, CurveAmerica.com. So send us your questions, your thoughts, what you think about the podcast, what your plans are with the ICC. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Tad, uh, we also usually ask friends in, uh, to uh, oh, do yeah. something else. We, a- we ask people to rate and comment on the yeah. podcast if, if you're a SoundCloud or iTunes listener. And this week's Rate and comment shout out goes to five star review from Pot A Two. As someone who's relatively new to Italian football, I enjoyed the week's recaps and insight. Fun and informative with the heading fun and informative. So Pot A Two out there, man. Even the day before uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, you put this out. So tip of the hat, tip of the hat, my friend. Pot A Two, this one's for you. All oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> It was olive oil is in the mail, man. There you go. All right, so thanks. Uh, we we love uh, hearing from you guys out there. Let's uh, discuss. We we got some beverages, uh, but we do have a wedding to uh, prep for. So uh, Tad, you're taking it easy this week. What do you got? Yeah, here? well, um, I meant to not be drinking any alcohol at all from now till the wedding. Kind of broke that rule yesterday at opening day. Um, the Nats, you know, they won, man. Harper hit a bomb. I kicked it with the Fox 5 News team, Fox 5 DC, which is like one of the best local uh, uh, news programs out there. So I'm back on it. I'm back on the wagon. I got my aqua frizzante. I'm going to get these six-pack abs. I'm going to have that Jesus on the cross look. 
just looking amazing down in Sicily in my bathing suit after the wedding. Good for you, man. I do not have a wedding to prep for, so I've uh, opened a beer myself. Hope everyone can settle in. Enjoy the podcast. Let's go straight to the rundown. Juventus and Napoli draw in our game of the week, but who does this benefit the most? Roma whip Empoli, Inter and Milan drop points in their race for Europe, while Atalanta crush another crappy team, and the bottom of the table gets some much-needed points and gets a little bit interesting for Crouton Nation. Let's jump, guys, to the top five. All right, up first, we got the game of the week, Tad. Juventus at Napoli. The score finishes 1-1, and the Napoli captain saves a point for the Partenope at home. What do you got? Yeah, man, I got the Juventus game. Actually, I don't think I've had a game of the week in, like, months now. So uh, I assigned this one myself. I get it. Big story leading in this one, though. Return of Fatboy G to San Paolo. All over the papers. Oh, yeah. I mean, Iguain, you know, essentially who ditches, uh, uh, you know, his old girlfriend, Napoli, for his new girlfriend, Juventus, brings his new, younger, hotter girlfriend to his fiery old girlfriend's house and all the things that you'd expect from a return from Sao Paulo by a hated former player you know, or a bound. He's got to have a bigger bodyguard uh, presence, heightened security. Outside the stadium, they're selling toilet paper and all other stuff with Iguain's face on it. You know, a lot of birds being flipped, a lot of rowdiness. You know, of course, the ultras make a big show, you know, threatening him, better lock his back. And even Fabio Cannavaro, who is Napoletan. Um, but, you know, I mean, his stardom didn't come from playing for Napoli. It came from playing for, you know, mainly Parma, Inter, Juventus, Real Madrid, um, and now owns an Ita- owns a team in China. Gets it on the mix, saying that he would whistle Iguain. You know, really lets his his fan flag fly. And uh, yeah, Iguain comes in and just just has a dud. And Juventus just kind of plays crappy this game. It's an interesting lineup for Napoli. Um, Reina Pepe Reina, who was hurt in the international break but was available, didn't play. So they throw Cabral out there, which. I think I know more about, you know, what you ate for breakfast, Chris, than I know about Cabral. Um, you got Strinich starting, Jorginho, Allen all start. No Jacarini though. And I think that's because, along with, like, Insigne and Mertens and whatnot, um, they're probably trying to avoid the embarrassment of having that pregame toddler hand-holding, you know, uh, 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 ritual that they always have. Have the toddlers be taller than the majority of the (laughs) Napoli team. That is a a true story, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, interesting move for Allegri. Uh, He starts Pjanic in the Dybala role, and he starts uh, Lamina over Quadrado, and just, you know, it was an ugly game. And only Sammy Kadira's seventh-minute goal saves a loss for Juventus. Um, Mertens, Hamsik, and Insigne were just basically all the best players on the field. Um, I believe they have five, five, and four shots, respectively. Both the goals are pretty similar, kind of give and goes between superior players. Kadira to Pjanic back, he scores. And then a beautiful, very similar goal. Hamsik, give and go to uh, Insigne, knocks it in. And you have a 1-1 draw. And here you go. The big, uh, 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 the big Napoli-Juventus showdown ends with a, a point for each. And you got to think, you know, who... Who benefits more from a one-to-one draw of these two teams? Well, seemingly uncharacteristic for uh, Juve here, right? We've been talking a lot in the past uh, uh, over the season. They they just zero zero in the 80th minute. 
you're, we're all getting excited. The league is getting excited. Uh, and then they punch in one, and it's one nothing at the end of the game. This game, they come out, like you said, in the, in the sixth minute and kind of took it to Napoli, right? Kind of had to take the wind out of the entire building of just, mm-hmm. man, six minutes, and it, that's all it took. Juve's up one nothing on us. So interesting on that point. Um, but I, what, I, the story here has got to be Iguain the whole time. Uh, where do you come down on that uh, as a fan? I, I'm trying to think of, um, you know, I thought like with the Mets this week, Bartolo Colon comes back to the stadium, standing ovation, people love him. It's a different situation here with Iguain uh, being a superstar and going to the most, arguably the most hated team in, Juve, in uh, Italy. You know, where, where do you fall on that? Well, I mean, he better dealed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked a lot about this at the beginning of the season because right now, right when we started the podcast, this was the biggest story in all of soccer. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's no spring chicken. He's 29 years old. He gave Napoli, you know, six seasons or so. Um, and every single season, Napoli was kind of shopping him around. Um, then he just blows up and has the, uh, uh, you know, he blows up and he has the, the, the record-breaking season and decides to cash in his chits, you know. I mean, obviously Napoli fans would take it a little bit lighter if he went to, like, Arsenal or something like that, you know, where they don't have to see him again. Right. Instead, he, you know, goes to their hated northern rival and, you know, five-time reigning Scudetto champions. I mean, it's kind of like the Kevin Durant thing. You know, he goes to the right. team that beats him. It's a good analogy. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't fault Kevin Durant for doing that. You could have some sort of, like... Ooh, fiery, uh, uh, competitive spirit, you know, that they should always want to beat the other team that, you know, beats you. But they paid him a boatload of dough. He goes to the best team in Italy. He has a chance still going on. Napoli's out of the Champions League um, at, you know, taking it to Barcelona and, and, you know, maybe pulling in some titles. So, you know, on the other side of that, Napoliotans and Napoliotans, man, (laughs) they are not going to let that slide. So... Yeah, just be happy that the worst thing that happened to him was there's many a Napoleotons who, after their post-game um, meal, maybe wiped their backsides with, with Fat Boy G's uh, uh, face. That's true. A close uh, second to that maybe all the pictures coming off of uh, Iguain in this game just looking fairly overweight. Clearly, the Instagram filter to try to... Oh, yeah. Remember, he tried to shrink his uh, abs Yeah, they the went photo. the opposite yeah, on that. they went the opposite way. Well, you know, the not, Naples fans have to really be happy that he sucked in this game. Like, he laid a, a dud. He had one shot. I mean, Napoli, Napoli shut them down period. The, the uh, Juventus only had four shots this whole game. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved to take three points um, from, from Juventus. I would have loved them to take three points from Juventus. Um, but, you know... Iguain has been a shadow of himself. You know, only one goal in the last eight games across all competitions. No goals in his last five Serie A games. Even Crespo said that he has, you know, psychological problems in big games. Now, he could erase that, you know, with a brace against Barcelona or something like that. But, you know, I mean, he's just... uh He's he's not he's not playing too well for them right now. Yeah, and and I guess you know Juve tries to hide it that they got a lot of deep uh, players, a lot of bench to uh, score goals for. So the stress is not on Iguain there. But I agree, man. He's he's not uh, he's certainly not contributing as much as he did last year for for Napoli. Well, I mean, are they really that that deep right now? I mean, because DiBala hurt. Like yeah. DiBala. Uh, I mean, Mandzukic has a he. Well, he he. Everyone said he wasn't going to play this game, but he ended up starting and playing. But you know, Mandzukic is is, is not scoring a, a lot of goals lately. Iguain's not scoring a lot of goals lately. They've relied heavily on DiBala, 
and Dybala, you know, comes on as a sub. Um, but, you know, you see their goal scoring prominence kind of went away here. So, I mean, yeah, let's see if they shake it off. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see if they shake it off. But, yeah, I mean, they, 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 need, they need to – this, 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 this Scudetto race is back in my mind right now after kind of a, a crappy showing here. But I want to, again, get back to the question is, who, you know, who benefits most from the draw? Yeah, I uh, I found myself. I didn't get to watch the game uh, completely live, just following it along, and found myself rooting for Napoli because uh, with the results, we still uh, need uh, two games uh, to to catch Juventus now, rather than you know, and any little bit that Juve gets, uh, I'd rather get as much ground as we can on them, and then hey, look, if Napoli catches us, that's on us, you know. But but we're always chasing Juve. I wanted uh, Napoli to take all three points. Yeah, I think that Napoli, for them, I mean, they stay within striking distance of Roma. They're they're only four points behind. But again, that's two games. So Roma, you know, Roma obviously could pull a Roma, but they they really needed three points to keep pace with Roma. I don't think they really have any chance of catching Juventus, even with taking three points. So for a Roma fan, it's more beneficial for, you know, I think out of this, Juventus... Benefits the most from dropping points because Napoli has to take points in chunks and Juventus has to give up points in chunks. Yep. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like it's the final word. They get them this week in the Coppa Italia where, uh, you know, they could come in there. Maybe they're overlooking them a little bit. They could come in there and, and waylay Napoli just to be like, all right, the varsity's back. But, yeah. you know, I mean, again, we're talking about Napoli like they're, you know, like they're Chievo Verona or something like that. Like this is a really good team, and they, you know, they, I think they deserve to win this game. But yep, no, I, I agree. I, I, uh, I'm not uh, unhappy with the result. I just found myself rooting for Napoli. But I did see out there in some of the articles some people uh, suggesting maybe Juve was saving themselves in this game that they're okay with the draw because they're going to play him again in a few days in Coppa Italia at the time of recording here. Uh, the uh, game is tomorrow, uh, where Napoli and Juve play for the second leg in uh, Italy's version of the Final Four in uh, Coppa Italia. And so, uh, what do you think about that, Ted? Did Juve? I, how are they saving them? They already whipped them in the first in the first round. Like they could put out the Primavera, yeah. and still have a pretty good chance of advancing to the advancing. final. Yeah. I mean, again, one point. I think one point for Juventus in this game is better for them than than one point for for Napoli. Um, so, I mean, uh, the, the, everyone likes to, you know, make a lot of uh, this, this over strategizing of, of these Italian coaches, but I think this pretty much was what it was. Juventus is having a little bit of injury problems. They're having some players they needed rest coming back from the international break. They got caught flat footed and, you know, in an away game and, and Napoli was not able to convert into three points. Yep. All right, so there we go. We've got our table leader, Juve. They've got 74 points. It definitely got a little bit tighter here. We've got Napoli in third place, 64 points. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Exciting times uh, for the end of the uh, Serie A season here. Chris, Chris Ross, I just got to say, man, it's good having you back, man. That was a, just a flawless transition that I just, just, just butt-fumbled. <laughs> last week trying to figure this out kind of marco and i looking at each other being like is do you want to tell where everyone is on the table and then like oh man i gotta pull that up on google not that we don't have the table completely memorized that's right that's right well i am pretty good with google so it's good to be back and uh i missed the podcast and the and the paisani out there so 
Let's keep rolling. We got Roma in second place here playing Empoli, lowly Empoli. This one finished 2 nothing. Tad, we got a bunch of notes here. We'll talk about the game, but I think we're going to transition pretty quick. At the time of recording, we, we're uh, already uh, talking about the Coppa Italia results. So let's finish quickly with Roma Empoli. Finished 2 nothing over the weekend. Checos, Brace, leads Roma to revenge the first half draw to Empoli. And they get revenge here at Stadio Olimpico. Yep, Stadio Olimpico. Um, the barriers came down. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of people in the curve are sued for it. But yeah, I mean, we we drew Empoli 0-0 in the first part of the season, so it's good to come back. I mean, there's this is seven straight losses for them. I mean, they are flailing. They don't have anybody besides Skrupski, really. Um, and, you know, Dzeko goes... Not only does he go to the top of the Catapult Cannonieri in Italy, but this is now 33 goals on the season for him. Um, a couple of unconvincing goals in your part as we were watching the game. Um but he has now scored more goals across all competitions than any other Roma player in history. I mean, when you didn't like the goals, you thought they were gross. You thought they, they that, that. It's such, it was so Checo. The, the, the first goal hit a body part and went in the net. And you're like, well, we'll take it. The second one was absolutely clinical. Just just tapped it in right on the right spot of his foot and went in. It was fantastic. And it was amazing to see a score from a set piece. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, but so you know, are we? Are, are you going to start giving team? Are you on team Jacko yet on this one? I mean, the guy is the all-time single-season goal scorer for record holder for Roma. Jacko is the Joe Biden of uh, the Capo Cannonieri race. You love seeing him succeed, but sometimes he does some things you're like, oh, 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 Joe, nice. oh, Jacko. <laughs> nicely done, nicely done there. <laughs> yeah, so Roma they they take this game to zero, but unfortunately, the Derby. Um, you know, we got to see. Two extra derbies this year with the with the Copa Italia semifinal, and Roma gets knocked out by OTFR, loses an aggregate, wins the day three to two. But you know that's that's like that's not like kissing your sister. That's like making out with your sister. Yeah, I mean we cried as much as we did when we saw the Ronaldo bus last week, just making Ooh. Ronaldo look like sloth from the Goonies. Hey, you guys! <laughs> just just two heartbreaking things to see out there. Um, I, I again didn't get to see this one live, but just seeing the results de- throughout the day, man, just just so. Yeah. OTFR scores first, and you're like, that doesn't help anything. I ducked out of work early today to watch it. You know, I mean, it, it was it was kind of what you expect from a team in desperation down two zero. They gave up a, two counterattacking goals to uh, uh, Chiri Mobile. And I don't remember who scored the other one. Who cares? Big, I mean, what is it about OTFR that everybody and their team looks like an 80s villain? Like, they all look like they would sweep the leg Johnny or, you know, like, uh, stuff Anthony Michael Hall in a locker. They all have just, like, those horrible, long-haired mullets. and it, Like, Biglia and Ratlitch. Like, all those guys. You look at them and you're like, what is going on? Like... Cherry Mobile looks like he should have a sweater tied around his neck. That's a good... All I can think of right now is how lost Marco would be on this podcast <laughs> for all the 80s references we just did there. But you're right, man. He just does look like he belongs on a ski slope or something uh, uh, with, with something tied around his neck. Who's uh, blonde in an adult? Sweater. How are you blonde in an adult? <laughs> it just, it just blows right. my mind. But, yeah. but scoring goals for OTFR, I mean, say oh, what you will about his, uh, his look, man. He's incredible, and you know OTFR. I mean, they're 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 a tough squad this year. You got to give them credit, which I hate to do. 
you know, they, they beat Roma. They, you know, Roma, it wasn't necessarily one that Roma beat themselves. And yeah, you can argue that Roma is a, is a better squad, um, which I do believe they are, than OTFR. But when it mattered in this tournament, you know, OTFR, and it, it's, it's a tough one to lose on aggregate. Yep. Because they share the stadium. Yep. And I I was being asked today is like, well, what's the advantage that you get? You know, are there more tickets sold, you know, for one side over the other? And it's like, well, I don't know how you necessarily even monitor that in Rome. Yeah. And even still, I mean, they're not selling out these games. Um, so, you know, to to have to give up those away goals, um, and, you know, if, if they're not counting them, um, you know, maybe, maybe the game plays out a bit differently, but, you know, them's the breaks and them's the rules. Um but yeah, I mean, just Roma. Roma dropped this one, and 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 they're knocked out of the tournament in true Roma fashion. Uh, all us Roma, all you Roma haters out there, gotta love how much Roma makes Roma fans cry. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, we're we're pretty much out. Uh, well, we're out of Euro- European competition. Yep, we're out of the Copa Italia, and we are six points behind Juventus with only a handful of games left to go in the season. So, I mean, right now, unless you're kind of the most optimistic of Roma fans you're just really hoping for second place to make sure you're guaranteed Champions League so you don't have to just sell off the entire team yeah but the I mean this is losing in the most Roma of ways too of just you know again following along uh, during the day you see we get one back in like the 90th minute Salah gets one Toti comes on in the 80th minute you're like oh my god this is going to be magic and so they get your hopes up just a little bit enough that you don't completely just crumble and then it all comes crashing the ground. It's tough being a Roma fan. It was a weird substitution though for you know put Totti on in like the eighty second minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if 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 you have to have the magic, I mean, why not bring him on ten minutes earlier? Uh, it's almost a little insulting that you're like, hey, deal with it nine minutes, man. Yeah, right. Make something happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. So yeah, it's a tough day for Roma, but uh, OTFR advances. They'll find out who they play in the Coppa Italia final tomorrow. Um, so we got Roma in 68th place in the ta- with 68 points uh, on, in the ta- on the table uh, in second place. And you got Lowly Empoli, which we're going to get into the danger zone later. But Empoli is just making it an interesting down there. 17th place with 22 points. Let me just uh, put a little precursor in here. The Crouton Nation has 17 points, and for all my fellow uh, math majors out there, that is five points away from being down there in the danger zone. So, uh, Empoli, appreciate you making it interesting. Let's go back to the top of the table, and we're going to go OTFR playing Sassuolo. Back in the table on the weekend, this one finishes 2-1 in OTFR's favor. Uh, the, uh, the skier, the 1980s skier himself again, Immobile, Gets to 20 goals on the season, and Sassuolo is on the same level of dysfunction as EPL's Arsenal in this one. Isn't it? Doesn't Mobley like the nemesis for the the high school popular girl and <laughs> with John Cusack, you know, in the 80s at some point? Yep, that's he does well on the Italian national team. Immobile's so. new nickname for me is Cusack's nemesis. <laughs> there you go. So OTFR wearing their North Carolina Tar Heel blue uniforms. So uh, for all the Roma fans out there, at least over the weekend, you were probably cheering for uh, Gonzaga Sassuolo here. Maybe eh, nah, that didn't work too well. Anyway, we jump to the 26th minute in this game. We've got Berardi. He takes the through ball and sells the takedown in the box by OTFR goalkeeper Strakosha. Strakosha hit him. I mean, there was contact, but but uh, Berardi sold it for well. 
Uh, the big thing leading into this is, you know, Berardi, is he the guy you want stepping up in the box here? I could not believe that they gave him this peak. Right? I guess it's like, what? Why not? Yeah. Let's try and get this guy back on track. That's right. I think uh, if, if uh, that's got to be the mentality, right? He's our stud. If he misses, what's another blunder? Yeah. So our season this this time has just been awful. So uh, you, you could even lose seven in a row and still be up five points from the bottom from the danger. <laughs> the danger zone. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I think we've answered this uh, questionable of uh, putting Berardi up in that spot, but uh, that's what happens. God, his last miss was so bad too. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of reasons not to do this, but uh, but they did. And uh, apparently he's been listening to uh, Toti on PK advice because uh, Toti, who said uh, how he would beat Gianluigi Buffon on a PK, aim for the coglioni. Aim for the coglioni. For our listeners, look that Italian word up. That's the Italian word of the day. But Berardi puts a dead center on the net, so I think you can figure out... Uh, dead where... center on a PK, too. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I hate to... I hate to... Toti's like a master strategist, you know, uh, uh, strategist when you know, when it comes to pks like he's he, he's he's so infallible and so you know he, that's his advice to buffon basically saying he's gonna you know he's gonna kick it um as hard as he can in a place that somebody like buffon might be afraid to to block it but you know when berardi kicks it down the center of the net it just means he, all he wants to do is put it just put it on goal. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he has no idea where That's it's right. going. That's right. Isn't that telling, right? Just, God, just put it on the net. Don't yeah. let it go wide. So, yeah, we got one nothing uh, Sassuolo, and they're, they're running here. Minutes later, DeFrel also runs down a long pass and puts it just wide. Sassuolo is knocking on the door here, dominating this game like we thought they were going to at the beginning of this season. 42nd minute, Sassuolo starts coming back down to earth at the hands of OTFR's leading Capo Cananieri, a person we've been talking about a lot, Chiri Mobile. He nets the through ball across the face of the net, all the way out the other side of the net, and gets it. That's his 20th of the season. Yeah, I mean, ever since a few weeks back when we were when Sam was on the podcast and we were discussing the merits of, of Chiri Mobile because he had kind of hit of a dry spell, he's been on fire lately. Yeah. Yep. On fire and look good for the Azzurri. I mean, he's the, yep. the guy. The guy's no joke. That's right. Hate his guts, but he's no joke. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we keep going on here. We got right before half. We've got a save of the week candidate, Tad, and it's not coming from a goalkeeper. We got Lulich passing to Immobile, giving it a hard chip, only to have Cannavaro scissor kick the ball off of the goal line. I highly recommend everyone to Google this. Uh, checking it out it was a really great save scissor kicks it right off and we're still level at the half with this one yeah not even, we, we talked about his brother fabio who i'm pretty sure paolo is is tired of everybody talking about his brother instead <laughs> yeah. of him paolo is playing the syria right now and had a great defensive defensive stop which is not usually the canavaro that you're assigning <laughs> yeah. a great defensive stop to very true Game finishes in Sassuolo season fashion. I mean, just this is Sassuolo to a T. An own goal. We got a scramble in the box. OTFR's Lombardi sends it across the goal mouth. And Acherby just sticks his leg out and knocks it in hard. Sassuolo wants out of European contention more than England's government wants out of the European Union with Brexit at this point. After the game, seemingly untouchable coach Di Francesco said exactly what we're saying on the podcast. This game is a microcosm of our campaign. It makes me angry at times. My team seems to settle and rest on its laurels. A little interesting word there on what laurels they may have at this point in the season. But nevertheless, 
These errors show the lack of maturity in these players. We are in charge of our own destiny. So he's probably not wrong there because the danger zone is what it is. But uh, the only advice I can say to Sassuolo is hang in there because it could be worse. It could be Arsenal. What, yeah, way too early prediction. I think Sassuolo is going down next season. DeFrell was kind of crappy this game. You know, Maybe he'll stick around, but I think Berardi is going to go somewhere else. I think Pellegrini is going to go somewhere else. Um, you know, they're going to be left with the, with the cupboard a little bear. So, uh, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, the, 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 and I also think that if, if, if the players start fleeing that, you know, maybe De Francesco is going to be looking for another job. Yeah. Already so. talked to him landing at Fiorentina or, or Roma. Um, we'll see about that, but, uh, man, if they just do a fire sale, I think you're right, Tad, this is going to be a leading contender for a bottom three team. With that said, we've got OTFR. A lot of people talking about this out on the Twitter sphere and, and in the blogs uh, and stuff. Uh, OTFR, 60 points, uh, not too far away from Napoli. Everyone seems to be kind of forgetting about them, but they are right there at the top uh, with 60 points. So we'll see if uh, Napoli's got to get nervous about them. And then we've got Sassuolo in 15th place, 31 points, safe from the danger zone, but a tough season for Sassuolo. Up next in the top five, we got Inter and Sampdoria. This one finished 1-2, and Sampdoria stunned Inter at home. So leading up to this game, I mean, Pioli has been all over the news. Lots of praise being heaped on him. Um, yeah, A lot of newspapers coming out and saying that he's for sure coming back next season. And then we have Inter dropping points for the second week in a row. Um, last week they uh, they had a draw with Torino two two. Um, this week they uh, uh, at, you know coming off their seven one dis- destroying of Atalanta in week twenty eight two two last week and now they uh, they drop all three points to a Sampdoria team that you know has been been pretty good the past eight to ten games. Yep. Um, but you know they who's been pretty good that the past the past eight to ten games. And we've been heaping a lot of praise on Pioli. Uh, they score the early goal. D'Ambrosio uh, uh, scores first, and the Razor Man Schick himself getting the start this week. Finally, um, you know, is able to knock in one from the back post. This game's decided in the 86th minute with a penalty from Quags um, after he sells one going down in the box, um, and they you know they go down two one. So Pioli. His his job's safe. I mean, Inter's basically been tied to you know Alexi Sanchez, Berardi. Uh, apparently, putting in forty three million dollars for um, for for Manolas. You know, I mean, right now Inter is kind of on the on the you know they're only one point up from even having a safe European place. And you got to think if these guys continue this trajectory and fall out of the top six and don't make Europe. Should Pioli be keeping his job? Mm. And why would you want to go to Inter? Why, like, why would you want to leave Atalanta if they're in Europe? Right. If you're a young star, you know, you mean Gagliardini? I'm sure he'd rather play in uh, in in Europe than you know just happen to be on Inter. You know, why would you go over there rather than staying put? You know, I mean, like if if you're Monolos, you take a pay raise. How much pay raise are you taking to go to Roma? Right. Um, for a team that's not in Europe. So if they fall out, what do you see their odds? Yeah, I, I got to, we should start just Pioli being the story here of how 
what a difficult position he was in, right? I mean, coming in after DeBoer, dealing with all this stuff with the Cardi and, and the Ultras and stuff, coming in and pretty soon after he took the helm, there's talk of um, Simeone. Of Simeone coming in like, yeah, you know, I'd always want to go back to Italy. I mean... Oh, we were talking about it every week for like three weeks. Yeah, so he's just a placeholder. And then for him to finally get results, everyone starts saying, you know what, he's proved his worth, we're going to keep him. And then you have an, a result like this, and you just it's just funny how, how uh, uh, whimsical soccer can be, right? Because yeah, I think you're only, right, He's man. only one point safe from being in Europe. Yeah, and, and if that happens, if they're not in European contention, I think you're 100% right that all these players we're talking about goes out the window... And I don't think your job is safe anymore, frankly, because you're starting from scratch. And, and that's really tough to do for a team like Inter, who expect big things out of their team. Yeah, I mean, no, let's say you're Spinazzola, and you know Inter supposedly met with him this week. And Spinazzola has a choice of staying at Atalanta or you know going to a Premier League team or going to Inter. Yeah, Inter's a big name in Italy, and maybe there could be the sell that you know hey we're building something here but you know you're you're not guaranteed to play you just start there but you're guaranteed to start you know at uh at at atalanta so why not hang a year you know unless you're, unless you're gonna make an outrageous sum of money and then wait until you know see what the situation is because you know if pioli drops out and even comes back next season they started off crappy this year they have had some off-season content you know contentiousness when it comes to coaches um, you know, they come in and have a couple poor results. He's out the window and it's back to, you know, like you said, it's back to the drawing board for Inter. So all these, I mean, I've been saying this the past couple of weeks, just in conversation with people like look out Inter next year, but they could lose the handyman to a Premier League team. They could finish seventh and they could not get Alexi Sanchez and all these big stars are supposed to get. And, you know, we could be talking about another season of Inter kind of being crappy. Yep. I think the only thing uh, else we should really mention, it being an international break, Icardi not getting called up for the Argentina national team. They lost their game. Uh, a lot of controversy there with um, um, Messi uh, not making the team because he's got a four-game ban all of a sudden for yelling at a referee. Might have been nice if you had another former striker uh, back there to maybe take his spot and save the day for Argentina. Yeah, there's all this crap that like, oh, they don't want to find a place. They don't want to have him just sit the bench because he's such a star. This is flat out. The Argentina establishment does not like Mauro Riccardi. Yep. There's no way. There's no ifs and buts about it. I, well, I know that they have a lot of star power at, at their front line. And you could make a case... That Icardi is, you know, like the fifth best Argentinian striker in the world. But at the same time, he's a capo cannonieri. He's Inter's uh, uh, stud. stud. He's Inter's captain. Yep. You know, and I know we just said all these things at Inter, and eh, not so fast that they're so good. But like Icardi is legit star any league he plays in. And, you know, Maradona's been outspoken. I know not all Argentinians are Maradona, but he carries, I mean, he is a living god in the oh, yeah. country. Yep. So, and has a lot of sway over what their federation does or does not do. I, I mean, I, this, this is a vendetta to me. They yep. don't like him. Get your act together. Well, there's some, you know, the backstory with the wife and everything. That's probably going to have an effect on yeah. the national team. Yep. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, so we've got Inter. Uh, tough loss this week. But they got 55 points. They're in sixth place. 
just ahead of uh, Crosstown rival Milan, but still in there. They're three points behind with Atalanta right ahead of them. And then we've got Sampdoria down in ninth place, middle of the pack team. They got 44 points. Let's finish off the top five, Tad, with Atalanta. They played Genoa, and this was just a drubbing. We got 5 nothing Atalanta. They beat the brakes off Loli Genoa behind a Papu hat trick. Yeah, believe it or not, this game was actually 0 0 until the 26th minute, um, and Conti scores my goal of the week. Um, Spinazzola, fresh off getting a start in the, uh, in the international break has a cross in the box and Conti bicycle kicks it out of the air. I mean, after watching the Copa Italia today with Roma and basically just watching Roma in 2017, they need to take notes because Roma <laughs> cannot score on crosses. Yeah. It's amazing. The second place team in Italy right now, as we jump back to Roma, can't score set pieces and can't score crosses. Um, but, you know, the story of this one, I mean, Conti, great. But is, is Gomez, you know, he has a hat trick. He jumps up to 14 goals in Italy, gets himself firmly in the top 10. Um, and, he, you know, he, he does it with a PK and he does it with two back post goals. So, you know, Papu Gomez, a, a man, you know, the Swiss Army knife out there can score any way he wants. And, you know, Jenna was just humiliated in this game. After they got plundered in the January transfer window, they have no defense. They clearly quit at halftime. Maybe Riff Roth had a good game. But, you know, after the, the after the way we've seen Genoa play since they beat Juventus, he probably wants to cut off his dreads and get a day job. I've been thinking about him the whole second half of the season, how we haven't talked about him yet. I just He's such a character with the, with the hair. Um, yeah, I mean, it helps. I think Rincon really helped his game. Yeah. And, like, you know, they... They and, and I think uh, Pavoletti was a contributor on this team. They lost. I mean, yeah. But Atalanta, I mean, just crushes it again. They have a couple big games coming up, but they, you know, they're stacked. You know, after Spinazzolo kind of has has arrived after he gets called to the Italian national team, who is the best young Italian on Atalanta? Pitania, Conti, Spinazzola, or Caldara? And Mind you, Caldara has the most clean sheets of any center back in the Serie A with 13. All of good. these players are under 24. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's more and more articles coming out now of how like, Italy's going to be dangerous in the, in the coming years because they are loaded with guys that are under 25 who are really good. <sighs> Who's the best? Well, it can't be Pitania. Pitania's good, but he's, he's not as good as the other three players. Yeah. And Italy's pretty stacked up there, too, for as far as goal scorers, that they don't need that from Atalanta. So, I mean, I guess who else would you want on your back line right now other than who Atalanta has for for Italy? Well, I mean, Caldara did not get called up to the Italian team this past past go-around. And, like, Rugani did and and Romagnoli did. So, I mean... But you see, he's wrecking it in the in the Syria, and I mean, I I thought it was such an oversight that he gets doesn't didn't get called up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's tough because there's still Bonucci and Chiellini, and Romagnoli is basically the anointed one. Yeah, no, I I I think you're right though. I, that, that's just a lot of talent for them. Do you think it's anything that just this is Atalanta, and then I mean the team, the players you just rattled off are with bigger teams now. They're they're getting call-ups because of preference over that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Gagliardini is better than all these guys. So if we're taking, like, the entire Atalanta yeah. season, I mean, I I really got it. At the moment, I got to give it to Conti. 
I mean, he he has really turned it up, and it seems he gets better and better every week. I love Caldara, Spinazzola. I mean, to me, to me, it goes right now. Conti, Caldara, Spinazzola, Patenia. I'd say uh, you know Italy's known for their defense. Uh, I'm going to go with Caldara right now. That's that's good. But you're right, man. I mean, just under 25, and and this is a uh, uh, um, this is a top five team, but but kind of the Cinderella that you know we thought uh, Sassuolo was going to be. So fantastic for Atalanta, growing home talent uh, and and making a run at it here in a top five in the league. So um, the new Cinderella, that's what they are. It came out this week that Pinilla he got a red card in this game. He had took a dive, um, and, you know, on. on Sorry, Barisha took a dive being near him. Pinilla got a yellow card. He lost his ish on everybody with an arm's distance. Gets upset for the yellow. Um, you know, gives a hand gesture and I imagine says a word not allowed on Sesame Street that gets him sent off. <laughs> the five bane five game ban comes from then basically he turns Genoa Stadium into an episode of Jerry Springer or, you know, an episode of the Jersey Shore when the situation gets wasted, or otherwise known as every Jersey Shore episode ever. He's gone for five games, but you know, keeping up with uh, 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 Genoa, I mean, they're just in free fall, and the the the, the uh, fans had a huge banner of him in the stadium with his, you know, basically his face cut out, like crossed out, like the Ghostbusters logo, yeah. and then they all turned their back on the stadium, and then you know, Preziosi, Enrico Preziosi is his name. Just basically does hashtag the most Italian Syria president thing ever. <laughs> um, is he said in face of fence criticism? He says he'll quit. <laughs> and this just seems to be the go. I don't need thing. this. Yeah, I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky to have me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I kind of want to say about this game is there's you know the, the, there's all this talk about Gabigol maybe going to a loan for Atalanta, which I you gotta be for if if Atalanta. You know, if they're going to lose Petania, if they're going to lose Papu Gomez, let's get Gabigol in there because Gabigol, $30 million transfer for Inter, and it's, I think he's seen like a combined like 70 minutes in the Serie A so far. What do you think of Gasparini? Going to stick around uh, for the long haul? The Atalanta put their faith in this guy and uh, not going to go on to bigger clubs? Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the offseason with this musical chair? I mean, they're talking about. Um, Spalletti leaving. They're talking about Sari going to Napoli. Sousa, you know, is going here. Is going there. Di Francesco. So you know, I mean, if uh, if you know, if like the Napoli job opens up and Napoli goes, or if Pioli gets fired and they're like, hey, half your friggin' team is Atalanta, anyways. Yeah, right. You know, why don't you come over and check it out? Yeah. There's a possibility for that. Um, but I think it's going to take a compelling offer because uh, of the success that he's had. And I think he feels a great sense of loyalty to Atalanta for basically the, just the, the, the blanket support they've given to him all year. Yep. Hopefully loyalty uh, is uh, um, mutual there between the two teams, uh, the, the coach and the team. All right, Ted. So we've got Atalanta. They're in fifth place with 58 points. That is just two points behind fourth place OTFR. So maybe Atalanta can get in the top four real quick. And we've got lowly... And we've got lowly Genoa all the way down there in sixth pl- 16th place with 29 points. So they're safe, but uh, uh, just a dreadful, dreadful game yeah, for they're, them. Yeah, they're, they're trash. Yep. Let's take a quick break, Tad, and we'll jump into the middle of the pack. 
This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right, Ted, starting off middle of the pack, we've got Milan playing Pescara. This one finished 1-1 draw, showing us that Donnarumma is a human being. He had a bad mistake, costing his team precious points against the lowly Delfini di Pescara. This is the story here. We're just jumping straight to the 12th minute. we got a long clearance coming in to Milan's Paletta at the right back. He gives this awkward chip pass back to Donnarumma, who handles it more awkwardly than Tony Romo's first conversation with Phil Simms after taking the football analyst position today. Just really bad. Um, Paletta was under pressure when it happened. Can't put too much blame on him, I gotta say that, but for all the former goalkeepers out there, you you feel for Donnarumma. This stuff happens. Uh, He put his foot out, and the ball didn't come to it. Uh, And things like that happen. So Milan uh, moves on. They do keep their head up. I do have to say that. In the 41st minute, there's a broken scramble in the box. Milan is absolutely hungry. They're hustling. And the and it literally seemed like it, they were compelling the ball to fall at their feet in the box. And Pasalic is the man to drop the spinning, the, the spinning kick right to the back of the net. And we got the 1-1 draw. Second half, we got some good chances from both sides. Uh, but it did finish with the game. So we're just going to jump right to the, the post game here, Tad. Piscara has lost the previous five before this one and have clearly stolen a point like Gronk stealing Tom Brady's jersey at the Red Sox game yesterday. Zaman, love him. And I know you're going to uh, get on me for uh, saying his name wrong. You and Marco uh, from the train. But uh, he says, quote, he's happy with the result against an elite team. I hope the Piscara fans had fun. My reaction to that has got to be, how could you not have fun at this game as a Pescara fan, right? You've had five straight losses. You're a few months from firebombing the president's home and boycotting a Christmas dinner. Uh, so you'll probably take a, uh, a draw against Milan at home, don't you think? Yeah, and you're busy watching the best players on your team be awesome for other teams around Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what, what can you say about this game with Milan? I mean, they... Uh, they're one point away from Inter, and you know, we were just talking about Inter fighting out, you know, for the this the sixth spot. I mean, all Milan had to do was beat Pescara, and they would be in sixth place. Yep. So again, Montel, like we've been singing his praises all year about you know this this Milan train that you know appears to be derailed. They can't sell the team, you know, they can sell the team, spending freezes, some, you know, shrewd things, getting Summer Girl, uh, you know, keeping Baca, so on and so forth. I mean, Ocampos was, I guess, okay this game, but he's a good player to add depth. Uh, speaking of another general player, they got plundered. So, I mean, it, it's really tough. I mean, they'll get another chance to, to beat a crap team next week because they play Palermo mm-hmm. at home. 
So hopefully they can take that one. But it seems like these two Milan teams, they don't want to hold on to it. And I know Montella, like, the cupboard's pretty bare. He had to rely a lot on players like Suso and Lapadula that, you know, apparently came out of nowhere um, to, you know, to try and get this job done. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, they, 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 they're still, they're still in it. But again, starting to see that if this team doesn't make Europe, that they're going to be, I think, a little overhyped. Yep. We had Donnarumma after the game saying uh, he won't let the, the own goal get him down. He's got, you got to like that maturity for all the Milanisti out there. Your, your goalkeeper, he's 18 years old and, and keeping his head up. So How is he 18 years old? I don't know. It's amazing. I mean, it's truly amazing. Yeah, and, and to be that composed, he's like a wise old man. Yep. Yep. So that's got to be one of the positives out of admittedly a bad mistake. But yeah, Ted, Montello, after this game here, he says he's still ready to fight for a Europa spot. What do you think, though, of uh, you know the next couple weeks? Uh, you know, just looking ahead to their schedule. Um, yeah, they got Palermo next week. Which, I mean, if if they lose to Palermo or drop points to Palermo, I think that Montella seat's gonna get a little hot. Then they have their derby in week thirty-two, and that one's gonna be a huge game because who knows what Inter's gonna do next week when they take on Mighty Crouton Nation. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the week after that, they have the, the, the Crouton Nation themselves. So, I mean, they still have Roma in week 35, but they basically have to beat two cellar-dwelling teams and get a result against Inter in their derby. And I, I would say that they gotta, they're going to be pretty firmly in this fight. But between Pioli and Montella, man, I mean... It, one of these seats is going to start getting hot. That's right. Got to be... Uh... Tense times up there in uh, in Milan for for both supporters groups up there. So yeah, we've got Milan finishing here. We got seventh place. They're fifty four points. That is one point behind Crosstown rival Inter. And then we've got Lowly Pescara down in twentieth place with thirteen points on the season. That's just Yeesh. incredible. Can yep. Dolphin. Yep. All right, up next, we've got Fiorentina and Bologna. This one finished 1-0. Fiorentina beat out Bologna to keep the Europa League dream alive. Got to be optimistic. Yeah, Marco wrote that, so I'd be frying him if he was here. Um, you know, <laughs> Fiorentina, I mean, they're, they're out of this bad boy. I mean, they got 51. Actually, they're now four points. I speak too fast. Marco with the counterpunch. They are now only four point, three points... No, they're sorry. They're they're now four points out of the Europa League spot, and the way Inter and and Milan are playing, God, I guess anything's possible. Third straight one zero victory for them. They didn't wait until the last minute for Kalinic to uh, to bail them out on this one. They they should be testing out this guy a little bit more. Babacar, uh, who we talked about in earlier episodes, has played really well in Europe, um, but usually takes a backseat to light, to feel the burn. He comes in and gets a goal, and you got a crappy Bologna team that uh, uh, goes loses one zero to, uh, to to Fiorentina, and Fiorentina's back in the hunt. Yep. So we'll see. A uh, lot lot of stuff going on with uh, their coach, um, but yeah, the Sousa drama, man, it never I mean, stops. It if never if stops. they make it back in Europe, he's got to keep his job. I, know. I mean, the, the Fiorentina is like the stock market. <laughs> it's a good analogy for uh, La Viola. I like that. Ted, we got some exciting news for the American angle of uh, Fiorentina. They've got two Americans, at least in their field system and uh, in their history. 
We're going to talk a little bit about Giuseppe Rossi getting a hat trick yesterday. Yeah, uh, Salta Vigo gets a hat trick, so he's boy still got it. That's right. So uh, keep hope alive uh, for my fellow New Jersey native. Good for him. We'll take uh, him on the U.S. national team. Yeah, uh, if, o- if only that happened. Come over to the red, white, and blue side. The other news we got for the red, white, and blue is uh, Josh Perez, the Californian. So he didn't make it uh, to the uh, A squad this week, but uh, he did play in Primavera. They had a big game against OTFR. OTFR is uh, unfortunately leading the Primavera pretty significantly by a couple points. But uh, Fiorentina got the result uh, against OTFR. Is OTFR's Primavera full of 90s villains? (laughs) It's a good question, but we know that there's a superhero uh, in Josh Perez for playing for La Viola. So yeah, uh, we've already touched on the uh, table a little bit already, but we got Fiorentina in 8th place, 51 points, as Tad said. Not not too much of a, a dream to make it to Europa, so keeping hope alive, him and Marco now. Uh, and we've got uh, and we've got Bologna all the way down in 14th place with 34 points. Rolling on with more of the middle of the pack, we've got Torino and Udinese. This one finished 2-2, and who else, right? If you're talking Torino, it's either Joey Bag of Donuts, Joe Hart, or Belotti. This time it's going to be Belotti. He keeps pace with Checo. And an overall fair result in Turin, 2-2 draw. What do you got, Tad? You know, this is a really interesting game to me because, you know, Torino has kind of fallen by the wayside in our expectations for them. Um, Belotti obviously has been every bit of the player we thought he was going to be, but, you know, with the addition of Joe Hart, um, you thought they were going to do a little bit more with Baselli and Benassi and Zappacosta, which they haven't. Um, you know, they've been relying a lot on Yayich and Falke and, and then the worst of the Roma casts away is uh, Iturbe, who's been coming along as a sub almost every game. But, you know, they still have the ability to score and they're a dangerous team. And up comes along Udinese and Udinese, I mean, Udinese has been, you know, they, they, they drew um, Juventus on back on March 5th and then they walloped to bottom dwelling teams they <laughs> they they can some dolphins back on the 12th of the 3-1 victory and then they beat just destroyed uh palermo and they're you know the usual suspects have been scoring a lot of goals and and this game was you know really uh, uh no no different jake the snake gets his third goal in third games um dev duvan zapata i mean who just is straight beast mode he had another i thought a, a, a very good game now hdct this game Dealing with an injury, so you kind of have one of these 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 games where you have a, a, a streaking Udinese team for as much as Udinese is going to streak. You know, playing a Torino team that's basically doing everything they possibly can to get below to the ball, and it ends it ends two two on on four well deserved goals. Yep, uh, I didn't get to see this one, but uh, um, good thing I know there was a lot of news during the international break with. Uh, Joe, Joe Hart um, and this kind of int- Italian experiment here. So glad he got the draw, at least in this game. Uh, uh, maybe quell down some of the uh, um, people who aren't too too big of his, uh, who are not big fans of his experiment here down in Italy. But, um, you know, yeah, a fair result. I think that's a fair Well, he's better than their backup goalie, I'll there tell you, you that much. And I'll tell right. you what, man, Belotti was impressive this game. The thing I love about him is that he, you know, he works hard and you know, he scores in every way. And his goal is basically taking a page out of heading chapter one, the soccer player's handbook. You know, perfect form, leads up and buries a header with power. 
I mean, I know Cairo's added an absurd buyout clause for teams outside of Serie A, but Belotti does fit that Premier League mold. You know, what, what do you think? 23 years old, 100 million bucks? Uh, yeah, I, I'm still amazed that just he's 23 years old because he doesn't look it. I was saying to you before the podcast, but uh, it's obsessive. I don't think, you know, if Verratti is still up in PSG saying no one is worth 100 million euros, uh, I think I would take Verratti over Belotti. Um, that's too much money. It's uh, one season. Yeah, it's, it's one, one season. season. Yep. I mean, you know, look at Kirk Cousins here in D.C., man. How many seasons does he have to play on the franchise tag? He has to show <laughs> that he's quality before somebody pays him. Yeah. I, I, I would do a show me again. Yep. You yep. know, I mean, maybe if Arsenal, you know, they get Allegri right. or some crap like that, and they ha- they make try to make a huge splash, get everyone hyped in the Premier League, you know, you throw around that kind of money if you got it. But, like, yep. I would want to see it again. Yep, or at least winter break, maybe a winter break transfer, yep. Yeah, he's too big, though, to go in the winter. I think that's true. All right, so, yeah, there's the results. We've got Torino. They are strongly middle of the pack, 10th place with 41 points. Um, and then we've got... Udinese, also middle of the pack, more or less right behind them in 12th place with 37 points. So that's about right for a draw between two teams uh, that caliber in the table. Now we're going down to Marco and Tad's favorite part. We don't have Marco this week, but I'm going I'm to do it. The danger zone. Nice. That's me, that me trying to do, do a sad one. All right. Like I miss Marco danger zone. Wah, wah. All right. Whittle Richard, too, man. We're coming for you at this derby. Yeah. You better get yourself ready for a, for a Curve America podcast interview, being the podcast spirit animal at all. Absolutely, yeah. If, if Richard Whittle is listening from BN, we would love to uh, talk to you while we're over in Rome for hashtag Roma Wedding Derby. I, I guess we could just tweet at him, like, yeah. like adults do now. Like adults. Yeah. <laughs> like the president. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right, so we're down in the danger zone, named after Richard Whittle, and we're going to start with Palermo and Cagliari. How, how long before you think Donald Trump starts pulling the Italian Syria club president thing where he's getting booed and just says, you know what, I'll quit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll I, see. I think, I think we we're like within months of that. We'll, we'll see, yeah. We got, uh, we've got an example, I guess, with Berlusconi, too, there, uh, doing... Uh, uh, so, sorry, we digress. Yes, but we move on to the other danger zone, Palermo and Cagliari. This one finished 1-3. All the charm in the world for President Baccalini won't save the Rossoneri. Palermo gets smacked at home by Cagliari 3-1. So I am super excited about President Baccalini, a podcaster's dream, tattooed from head to toe and posts on the Palermo Instagram page seemingly every day with positive messages about a club likely headed down to Serie B in a few weeks. Oh, they're going. Yeah. Go ahead and buy those season tickets if you're a Palermo fan. But hey, man, positivity, it's, it's got to be contagious because we've got Palermo getting the first chance here with Nestorovsky, one of their few superstars of this season. Um, whoa, whoa! Superstar for Palermo down on the island, the motherland. Yeah. That's uh, it, it. Doesn't get much uh, better than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it gets paired away. But it was really cool to see that immediately after he looks to the crowd, starts pumping up um, uh, his hands. You know, just trying to get them involved in this game. Like, hey, this matters. I want you included here. Uh, I thought that was a cool um, thing to see, and I think it worked because Palermo keeps knocking here, and they get the first goal in the 26th minute. Gonzalez knocks in a rebound from the corner, and the Sicilians celebrate like Vegas obtaining the Oakland Raiders in this one. Just absolutely crazy, loving it, every minute of it, and they're feeling it for the whole first half. 
getting the majority of those chances. So question for you, Tad. This first half swagger coming from Palermo, notoriously in the danger zone for the majority of the season, you tie this all to Baccalini here and just the positivity coming from him? Oh, yeah. Hashtag nipple tat swag because you know it ain't coming from Lopez. Yeah, I, I really uh, I think that's uh, the story here. Um, and and super excited about uh, just... I love it. I just love how excited he gets, and, and I hope that they come up again after Serie B next year. Next year. Until we find out we're on an Italian episode of Punked. <laughs> so, Punked-a. punked uh, But uh, all things come to an end, uh, so the first half does, and we start the second half, and Sicily looks more like Oakland. Dejected, deflated, and headed for Serie B. We got the 48th minute, Cagliari... Ionita heads in the corner, and 10 minutes later, it's Cagliari's bomber playboy, Borriello, settling a bouncer on the six-yard line, slotting it home. There goes your lead. Finally. Yeah, he emerged from the pile of naked, writhing <laughs> men, women, and uh, Care Bears. Yep. Uh, Dave Chappelle yeah, reference. there you go, I buddy. saw it. I like that. Uh, the final collapse here. Just like Olin, Oakland groveling after losing their team, Palermo, you can feel it. They're losing their Serie A team. 89th minute, Yonita gets the dopio, finishes him off 3-1. Just tough to be a Palermo fan right now. Post-game, Palermo's coach Lopez admits, we had a psychological collapse. That is a crushing quote, I think, if you're a, if a Palermo fan. And you cannot do that with Crouton Nation gaining ground on Empoli. Sicilian roots, for, for me as a podcaster, are pulling for Palermo and President Baccalini, but I'm sorry, man. I just I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I mean they're they're going down, man. They're going down, and apparently, you know, at the beginning of this game, the uh, calorie coach went in front of his team. And he said, "Who needs a goal?" And Io Nita stood up. He goes, "Io, Io needs a goal." I like that. All yeah, right, using like his last that? name. I'm sure we're pronouncing it wrong. I've, I've said it three times uh, during this uh, reference, but uh, Io needs a goal, baby. Yeah. I, like man, this, I mean, the, this Palermo Calgary game, man, this should be a derby unto itself. Like, we need to start this rivalry up. Yeah. Because they're both the island teams. I would like that. That's, that's a cool there should, thing. There should be like a derby Deli Der- Sola or something. Deli Sola or something like that. Yeah. I like um, that. Yeah, man. And my man Boriello, that's all I got to say about this. Dare I say, he impregnated <laughs> yet another defense emerging from the pile of naked, writhing bodies. La Vita del Bomber. Boriello. All right, so this, that's how that finished. Uh, sorry for Palermo here. They're 19th place. They got 15 points. They're only two points ahead of Loli Pescara, so it's not looking good. And we've got Cagliari all the way up in 13th place, safe from the danger zone. They've got 35 points. Let's finish off week 30. We've got uh, my favorite team in the lower half of the table, Crotone, taking on Chievo. And this one, you heard it here first, guys. 2-1 in Crotone's favor. Crotone takes three points against a bunch of donkeys that don't know if they can fly with the Musi Volanti of Chievo. Yeah, if we're talking about the lower half of the table, if we're discussing Crotone, we are definitely talking about uh, a lower half culo. Um, you know, what started out as a season where I picked, basically picked Chievo to win the league after like four weeks, I mean... I was hyped on them. I thought. I mean, I thought they were even going to defeat ISIS. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and now it's come to where Kievo is losing at home against Crotone. Uh, I haven't heard lately any "I told you so"s from Hang the DJ, 
uh, in weeks, which maybe means he has stopped listening um, and considering our early on quarrels about the donks, probably with good reason. Um, you know, the game was not well attended. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I heard it was like prom in Verona <laughs> for, for, you know, for high schoolers. Uh, I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of Romeo and Juliet themes at prom for like a thousandth year in a row in Verona. But first have both teams doing their impressions of professional soccer teams crossing balls under the box. Um, some pretty good saves by Cordaz and Seculin, uh, who closed their eyes and basically flinched several times to keep the ball out of the back of the net. Mixed in with uh, save of the week by Seculin, stopping a low liner at point blank. Um, not sure who knew what he was doing, but, you know, fooled me. And Ferrari, yes. Like ba- the car itself. Yeah, like basically the opposite of cool Italian than Kevin Lasagna, which <laughs> Kevin Lasagna might be my also be my spirit animal. But he breaks it. He breaks this game wide open, Chris, um, with a, you know the header. Uh, basically, heads it straight into the ground while two donks just stare at it, going skying through the air. And then basically Cordaz runs up to it with his hands held high, doesn't jump. It goes over his head into the goal as he falls into the back of the net. We get 1-0. And Pellissier responds for Kieva with a real header served up to him by Castro, proving he's a quality professional player who can cross balls into the box and basically the only quality professional player (laughs) on um, Kievo these days, and that's even including my, my man Walter Bierce. And Falcinelli puts the nail in the donkey coffin with an impressive left-footed cooler, curler in the 83rd minute. Falcinelli, man. Yep. So much so that he is apparently drawing interest from West Brom and Crystal Palace. <laughs> is that for real? Uh, hey, man. I, you could feel it. Crotone Nation... Feeling all the hype here. I mean, Falcinelli does have like a lot of chances created for Crotone. I think I saw like a tweet from like Adam Digby or somebody like that, like early on in the season, that basically, you know, the amount of chances he's created for Crotone equal to like a thousand for Juventus or something. Um, but you know, maybe he's going to go to the Premier League. Uh, my verdict on this game is Castro is good again, but essentially this can be boiled down to is Chievo sucked more than Crotone today. Yep, that's uh, probably a fair analogy for uh, the danger zone. But uh, but your hey. man, your man Davide Nicola says nothing is impossible when it comes to the odds of Pertoni staying up five points away from safety. Empoli, I mean, I don't know how their players are looking the ownership in the eye when they cash their paychecks. I mean, do they have a ski mask and a gun? Um, I mean, do you agree or disagree that Crotone, nothing is impossible? Yeah, man, I, I just, I, it's what you hope for, right? If you're uh, on a Serie A Italian podcast, you both, you hope the entire league is exciting, and that's what, you know, we're kind of hoping for. I'm sorry for the Empoli fans if there's any out there in the world, but this makes it fun that Crotone just might catch them and stay up. Lowly Crotone. But I will say, for all the Paisani out there, just just pick a team in the bottom of the table and root for them. Just get on the bandwagon. Well, Spal is apparently coming up this next year. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, yeah. if they're S-P-A-L or something. But yep. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll start looking at that, who's coming up for Serie B as well. So... That'll do it for week 30, uh, but it's getting exciting uh, as we, we finish off the season here. So um, that was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully more fun uh, coming up here uh, for week 31. Let's finish off real quick, Tad, with uh, the week 30 awards. Who would you say is your goal of the week? 
I alluded to it earlier. Uh, Conti's bicycle kick, easily done. All right. I'm going to, since I'm ragging on him so often, uh, I'm going to give the second one to Checo. Uh, just a great finish, uh, very clinical, even though the first one wasn't. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the second, so uh, good for him. On the other side of the field, the goalkeepers. What do you got? Well, I'm going to stick with uh, Paolo Cannavaro. Oh, it's mutual. It's mutual. Yeah. yeah. I love a good goal line clearance, especially with a man whose last name is Cannavaro. Yep. It, was, it really was a, a beautiful thing to see. So, uh, and if Marco was here, I'm sure he'd be saying, what is it, Asociavi? I forget how you say scissor kick in Italian. but uh, uh, Forbici. Forbiciare. Forbiciare. There you go. So, Marco, we miss you, buddy. All right, uh, so there is your awards for week 30. Looking forward to week 31. Check us out again on our social media, particularly now that we've got the International Cup of Champions coming up. We definitely want to hear what games you're planning on attending. Uh, connect us uh, on social media. We hope to see you at these games. Until week 31. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to throw one more shout-out here. Shout-out to Roberto Breda, the coach for Vertus Entella in the Serie B, which has now become... My new favorite Serie B team, because apparently he listens to the podcast. So, Roberto, you're, you're, yeah, you're invited to hashtag Roma Wedding Derby if you can squeeze away. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock this. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get this Entella uh, uh, Argentina looking badge tattoo that I'll have to s- scrape off when you know you become the coach of like Frosinone or something. <laughs> Anyways, shout out, man. And right. also, I would like to personally challenge you, Roberto, to rate and comment on the podcast. There you go. All right. So for all of our Paisani and Curve Americans, until next week, Deshamo, we say... Arrivederci. Ciao.